Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. Welcome, Interisti, to episode 66 of the Interviews Podcast. We are here for our pregame preview of uh, Inter Juventus this Sunday, the Derby d'Italia, a massive game between the top two teams in Italy, um, Inter with a one-point lead, but also with a game in hand, and um, a lot of the conversation around this game has been whether or not it'll be a Scudetto decider, so we'll go ahead and, and get into all of that. As always, I'm one half of your co-hosting duo, Alessandro Rafa. Joined here by Johnny Paterno and Johnny, um, it wouldn't be a, a pregame special if we didn't have a special guest joining us today. Why don't you go ahead and bring in uh, the man, the myth, the legend? Well, before we get into that, though, I think we need to address the fact that this will no longer be referred to as the Derby d'Italia. Um, Daniel right. Bowen made it very clear that you know it's racist to call this the Derby d'Italia. So it's just going to be um, the Derby de Torino, I guess, maybe. I don't know. you know, Or Derby de Northern Italia. Yeah, too um, Northern. But um, yeah, we are very pleased to have Nemo with us finally back. He allowed Nick Diani to pass him on episodes. Um, so it's good to, good to have him back to preview this uh, massive matchup. Always a pleasure to be with you guys. I love what you. I love this podcast, you guys. And we love it. having you. We love having Thank you. Thank you. No, I appreciate and, that. Um, I guess before we get into the you know this game coming up on Sunday, the transfer window just uh, closed last night, and there's uh, a little bit to talk about here. So Inter Inter's window closes with Tejan Buchanan as the only uh, incoming signing. I think. Going into this window, a lot of talk around needing to reinforce the attack, and that didn't happen. Um, on deadline day, Stefano Sensi's uh, transfer to Leicester also falls through. So we'll kick it over to Nima to start here. Um, your disappointment level that we weren't able to make any investment in the attack and we're heading into the second half of the season with uh, Arnautovic and Alexis to back up uh, Lautaro and Turam. How are you feeling now that the window's uh, officially closed? I think it's a mistake. Just like I thought it was a mistake when they sent out Stefano Sensi on loan when we were in the Scudetto race and ended up having to play Vecino and Vidal as regista. I think it's an unnecessary risk. I think it's... I understand that they, 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 they have their financial parameters and I understand that they wanted to offload Sensi and that wouldn't really have that much of a dent. So they wanted to offload um, Iradu and that, turned, that transfer also turned into a circus uh, on loan. As it seems... It, I, I'm always amazed by it seems that the Saudis, whenever they do business with Inter, it turns into a shit show. But with everyone else, it's it's like a 1990s hip-hop video with Puff Daddy throwing yeah. money at a, ca- at a camera. But when it's Inter involved, <laughs> it turns into like, I don't know, Lenny and Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley to continue that 80s sitcom reference. Um, you know, it, it, it just, it's amazing to me. Um, but I, I think it's a mistake. I think it's, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I look at things like this. I look at risk management. I look at it in terms of risk redu- reduction. Alexis Sanchez and Marco Arnautovic, look, if Lautaro and Marcos Teram are injured, which can happen, it can happen, you never know, right? You're screwed. I'm sorry, but you are. The drop-off between Teram Lautaro and Alexis Marco Arnautovic is like the grand, falling off the Grand Canyon. You know, it, it, it's ginormous. And not even trying to bring... Belotti was available on loan for crying out loud. Like, this is what I mean. I'm not saying Belotti's going to win the Ballon d'Or. But yeah, I do think he's a more serviceable player as a number nine than either of the two we have. And I don't get that. That's what settled, Settle down, settle down. Okay, let's, <laughs> let's show Marco some respect, please. This is a pro-Marco podcast. You could, you could disrespect Alexis all week, all day, every day. <laughs> But Marco, no, but he's I'm going to They're both finished. And, and, you know, Alexis Sanchez had a world-class career. He was a world-class player. Uh, Arnautovic had world-class talent, but he was too much of a 
pisshead or, or, or an idiot. To be messed world class up. idiot. Yeah. World class <laughs> idiot. <laughs> no, but it's like his talent. But you know, now that they're in their mid thirties, and 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 Alexis Sanchez. But I gotta say, Alexis Sanchez, when it comes to lack of self awareness at this age, he's the battle the lion there. Like he literally doesn't seem to understand that he can't do the things he used to do. He, it just doesn't seem to resonate with him. Yeah. You know, and, but whilst Arnautovic seems very much like an appreciated member of the team, they, he's a team player, he accepts being on the bench, he sees as the golden chance, you know, to, to, to redeem himself and kind of make up for lost time. I get all of that, and I appreciate that. I think that's important. I think Ranocchia, D'Ambrosio, these were characters that the dressing room really appreciated, and, and, I, and I, I don't underestimate that. I just look at it on the pitch, and for me, mm-hmm. the drop off is just ridiculous between the starters and the yeah. It's players. it's a little strange because I think going into this window, you know, the expectation wasn't high, right? Obviously, we weren't uh, you know flush with cash um, going into this window, but you also kind of expect a, a director of Marotta's level to find something that could work right i don't think uh, these benzema rumors may have gotten people in a tizzy but that was never realistic right i think it was expected that maybe a realistic option would come through and then when you see juventus finding a solution for a potential world-class player in uh, carlos alcaraz coming through on a deal that i honestly (laughs) i can't wrap my head around how southampton did so when they're one point behind automatic promotion they have an amazing player who's played, you know, 23 games a season, but obviously he's not getting all the playing time that he wanted. To be able to swing that deal, you kind of hoped that uh, a director of Marotta's caliber, um, supposed caliber, would be able to, to work something out. But alas, that's not how it, how it shook out. That's not how the cookie crumbled for Inter. Um, I did also want to ask you, is it uh, a failure that Sensi is, is still with this team? I know that you know, for me, he's not renewing his contract, so any money that you could have gotten would have been a plus. But at the same time, you know, I'm also thinking if he's on the team and he's going to be here for the rest of the season and he's healthy, like, you know, get everything you can out of him before he walks out the door for free. Is it a failure that he's still part of this squad? I, that's the Stefano Sensi conundrum. I don't know what to call that. Like, seriously, I, I that, that thing has been spinning back and forth so many times. There's so many different factors to it that I don't even know how to describe it anymore. I do think that now that he is here, I think you are 110% correct. They have to. They have to. They have to and somehow find a way to get the most out of him because even though we know he's made out of he's a Ming vase and he's made out of like glass, he's a quality. He's way better than Klassen is. Um, <laughs> so, you know, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, absolutely. He should be, you know, in this, you know, incorporated into the squad. Into the, I mean, we know which who our starting lineup is. We know that Fratesi and Aslani are the ones knocking on the door. Klassen is going to leave in the summer as well. So is Sensi. So you're not exactly, you know, it's if you're choosing between those two, you go after you play Sensi. It's it's that simple. Um, but you know, it, I, I I do think that maybe this could be one of those situations where the longer the season goes on and you know there could be moments where we've we've had with him as well because he's a moments player um and if we can kind of get him to kind of maybe not rely on but to come off the bench and maybe play against Salernitana at home that's a game he should be starting in my opinion i mean literally that's a game i would play Sensi Fratesi and Aslan like i literally just rotate because you've got Atletico Madrid in midweek. You know what I mean? So, absolutely do I think so, because I think his quality is, is you know, the problem with him has always been the health. And, his, in a, you know, he's made of glass, and he doesn't seem, you know, I, I've seen some, of the, some people on Twitter just uh, have been going, have been sharing a, a, an article we wrote on Semprinter, I think it's from 2021, uh, that Luca Taidelli, a Gazzetta dello Sport, had reported that you know Stefano Sensi Conte was pissed off with Sensi because he refused to go to the gym before and after training sessions and instead wanted to go home and play Fortnite, which is one of the most hilarious things I've ever read in my life. Um, 
And <laughs> Johnny gets it. And I know Johnny. Johnny, so Johnny, gets it. Johnny understands that. Johnny gets I get it. it. I get it, <laughs> Johnny man. Johnny gets it. I got to rush home to play video games too. So, <laughs> but in all seriousness, like you know, uh, it's it's you know that's the kind of player he is, and 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 he's not going to change at this point in his career and his age. It's too late for that, which I think is a shame because I think the talent is. But look, what are you going to do? You, you got him until the end of the season. Try to get the most out of him. I think he's going to be motivated because he can win more trophies and he can be more involved. I think this is a different, you know, we're not talking about someone that's not fighting for Champions League. They're fighting for titles and that looks good on a player's CV. So I think he'll be very highly motivated to to do well. Yeah, and if he wants any shot at getting to um, the Euro, you know, he has to he has to show something in the minutes that he can get. So um, yeah, we'll see how that shakes out. Johnny, were you... If Sensi was to have departed along with Agume, that leaves the midfield looking a little short in case of, of an injury. Were you concerned about that at all with his potential departure, or would you have rather had that potential $2.5 in the bank uh, for a player that is not going to be renewing his contract? I mean, listen, I've always been a fan of Stefano Sensi, but like Nima said, he's just made out of glass. So that's, that's like really, we, we all know his, his skill and what he can bring to this club. It's just. Is he going to be able to play, you know, 15, 20 games? Or is he going to be, you know, able to even last 15, 20 minutes? You just, you never know with him. So, yes, it would have been nice to get the two and a half million because I'd rather obviously get anything than get nothing for a player. But, I mean, I, like Nima said as well, I also think he's got way more to offer than Klassen would. Um, Aslani has had moments where he's looked amazing and then not so much. Fratesi's been you know great off the bench, even though I give him a hard time. Um, mostly it's just bust, you know, Tony's balls more so than anything. But like <laughs> it's just um this is a guy who could have been, yeah, you know, helpful for us. Just like same way he could have been influential for us in the title against Milan, which I think yeah. that he would have been a difference maker. It's the same thing that he could potentially do this year. You know, I, I mean I don't know. I wish we could find out for whatever reason why Inzaghi doesn't trust him. It could just be because of his injury history that maybe he's worried that, hey, if I play this guy and then he gets hurt, then I'm forced to play Klassen in whatever moment. And if he's trying to rest, you know, Barella and, and Hakan, I don't, you know, I don't know. But yeah, he's a guy that I think could still be play a role in this in this title season. And hopefully, uh, hopefully it's a good one and not something that, you know, is is him hurt the whole time, and he can leave here with uh with another scudetto. Yeah, that's that's the main thing, and I think, you know, I remember Inzaghi's very first game was playing a three five one one with Jekyll up top and Cincy as the number ten. You know, so he Inzaghi has given him chances, but he doesn't trust him, and he's not the first coach to not trust him. And it's not a tech. It's not the fact that he doesn't trust him technically. It's I. I it's you know they don't leak these things, but. There is something there. You know, when you have five years, except for those four months, three months initially under Conte, both coaches have not trusted him. And they're, you know, they play very differently, these two coaches. They have completely different management styles, and they still don't trust the guy. So something has to be awry, you know. And there, it's not exactly like the top clubs in Europe are knocking on Inter's door either, or his door. I mean, he went to Monza with all due respect to Monza, like, you know, yeah. that's the level he's at. Um, that, you know, that, that's the rumor or the reputation that, that follows him. And, and I think it's a shame because I look at him, you know, as, as in the same way as I look a little bit like Zaniolo in the sense that such a goddamn what if. Because potentially this guy was like an Italian Iniesta, you know, it, and, and it's such a shame. And nobody was expecting it. But the injuries and the fact that he doesn't seem to want to build up some strength or, or whatever it is, because Fortnite is more fun, um, or whatever it is. It's, uh, I mean, we, you know, it's, 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 you know, we laugh at it, but I think it's such, it's such a shame. I really do. I think it's such a goddamn shame because it's such a what if. Yeah, and I think you know? I am curious about the playing time in the second half of the season because you wonder if there's anything about you know, not playing him in the first half of the season because they know they need to sell him off in January. And if there's an injury, there's you, you take that possibility completely out of account. So now that 
you know, we're dealing with the last few months of his contract. I wonder if you you do try to get as much out of him as you can. Um, Nima, last question on on the window here. Given the difficulties that Denzel has had coming back from this injury, does that do you reassess the Tejon transfer a little bit? Does it, it become more important for you looking at potentially if if Tejon wasn't here? You're penciling Darmian in week in and week out, and we see just how ineffective he's been, at least from an offensive standpoint. Are, are you reassessing the Tejon transfer at this point? I think, uh, no, I'm not. I think the Tejon Buchanan trans, uh, transfer is, I view it in the same light as the, what they were thinking when they got Gorsens, in the sense that it's evident they've tried to negotiate with Dumfries over a new contract. It's evident he's asking for more money than they want to pay. When that happens, I think it's become obvious that they want to part ways, you know, finish the season respective, in a respective manner, and then part ways. Tejon Buchanan is a player they either have been wanting for a long time, um, already in the summer, uh, and well, already a year ago, if we're honest, in January. But um, Inter were the, the the asking price was too high, and so when Cuadrado's injury came. They were like, okay, we need to look at the future. And they went after the player that they wanted and they got him at a very reasonable price. And, you know, so I, I, I look at it, I look at Tejan Buchanan as hedging your bets, risk minimization going forward. I don't expect him to play much this season at all. I think Inzaghi has shown that he wants to protect young players. Uh, he wants them to give them full time to adapt, to get into the swing of things. And I think that's the right thing to do. I think the patience that he shows, that he's shown with Aslani, with uh, with Tejon now, I get that it can be frustrating for fans and the players, but I think it's the right thing. You know, playing at Inter and Juve and Milan is different than playing at Lazio, Roma, and Napoli. With all due respect, um, and it's there's a lot surrounding it. We saw it with Tonali. We've seen it with Milan as well many times. It takes time for these guys, these young guys, to get in to the swing of things, and I think they should be afforded that time. I mean. We don't want another De Ketteler. I mean, De Ketteler, I think, is a, has qualities, but I think it went too soon, too fast, and because of the price tag that he warranted, I, I think he was broken. I mean, now we're starting to see a player with with a little bit of confidence at Atalanta. I don't want that with Tejan Buchanan. I want Tejan to be given all the time in the world to grow, to get into it, to understand it, the, the level of training, the training load, the tactical aspect, the life, all of that stuff. I want to give him time. I think I, I like Tejan Buchanan. I think there is a player there. I want to, I want him to have a full preseason with Inter. Next season, that's when I'm that's when I will expect things from Tejan Buchanan. But until then, I'm j i am I just look at him as someone who Inter are just gonna have <clears throat> to kind of as a backup player to just grow and learn. And it's going to be Dumfries and Darmian who start. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I think, um, and I agree with you largely that it, it is going to take time for him to get up to speed, especially if you are anticipating losing Denzel this summer. Like you want to be able to give Tejon a glimpse of a, a no pressure glimpse of what it's like to be playing in the squad. So hopefully, as Inzaghi says, we can see a little bit of TJ soon um, <laughs> in a low. DJ Buchanan. <laughs> I live for how he pronounces his that, that Buchanan's name. Like <laughs> just live for it. Uh, Italian speaking English is just one of the most favorite things I have in life. Yeah. it is so so funny. They they put the they speak Italian with English words. And yeah, all the uh, all the. It's like Iranians do when they speak any other language. They literally <laughs> are speaking Farsi, but they do it with a far non-Farsi words. It's yeah, very, it'll very be uh, all those uh, <laughs> Liverpool fans that want Inzaghi to come in and to replace Klopp. It, it's going to be... Uh... <laughs> oh, please don't say that. That gives me PTSD, brother. Like, seriously, I just the idea of him leaving the summer, just, uh, just give the man... like. First thing after the Scudetto, sit down and give this man a two-year contract extension so that we have him for the next three years. Because, like, we, you know, he he de he deserves it too. If Inter win the Scudetto, to have some job security and to be able to plan, like he's been so such a gentleman and doesn't hasn't kicked up a fuss 
now's the time to show him the respect that you do everyone else like don't mess this yeah um it is it is fun to think about him going up there and talking about uh darwin uh nanez (laughs) going up there so you and i have very different ideas of what fun is i don't think it's fun to think of that so (laughs) no it gives me ptsd yeah alessandro seriously the idea of losing simon inzaghi this summer no <laughs> like, don't even joke about it like i just no 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 no. please please god well, in heaven no uh, like, from one <laughs> ptsd to the next thing of ptsd let's get into this uh juventus game a little bit so we'll get into you know projected starting lineups and how we think this game can play out but i do want to start with um a feeling that i have and it was made a little bit worse listening to yourself and Carlo <laughs> this this week. It's <laughs> I want to apologize to everyone for that little t- domestic episode we had on Monday. Don't apologize. That was what that was like the most fun I've had listening to that to your show probably ever. Honestly, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. You were saying everything I was thinking yeah. at that same time. I was yelling in my car at Carlo. And I know he couldn't hear me, but I was pretending he could. So, yeah, yeah. no, I I get it. <laughs> no, but it's like, look, it's it's this notion, it's this thing where I I that's a that is a trigger point for me and it stems back 17 years to 2006 and all the bullshit following Calciopoli. The this overriding notion that either everyone's guilty or everyone's innocent. That's what triggers me. This 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 completely thing, this this Italian thing they do of well you know you did it too and everything's the same so no 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 the devil's in the details stop equating shit it's 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 it's, it's annoying as hell and and it's and you can see it the same thing when when it happened with plus valenza gig where their sporting director that or aka you know paratici the dumbest criminal in the history of italian football is sitting on the phone admitting to every crime except for the kennedy assassination i mean it's just he's just literally boasting about it and they get all assy and say, oh, well, Napoli did something dodgy too with dodgy and so did Inter. It's like, yeah, but they didn't sit and admit that. Like, what are you talking about? Like, every legal case is decided by the, the evidence there. And the evidence there was not just the dodgy thing. It's the idiot sitting and admitting to it. Like, we, we can't go yeah. past that. <laughs> the act was there and the guy was boasting about it like what do you want me to do it's not my fault that he's an idiot like i'm not it's like deal with your own shit and stop deflecting you know like, yeah that's i think the it, stuff it that riles it riles everyone up and i think there is this um there's this feeling and i i want you to tell me whether or not this is i'm essentially valid to be feeling this way when you have decisions that are, in my opinion, not very controversial if you look at the laws, but when you look Mm, at the media and how they're talking about it, does it not put organically a little bit of pressure on these referees to, you know, maybe not do their job to the letter of the law? And like, you know, like, am I I wrong to feel like in a game of this magnitude, organically, the referees are like, they have to hear what the conversation is and if the conversation is always about well, if there is receiving favor how does that not creep into their heads even if like let's let's take actual corruption out of it like let's take actual phone calls being made or anything like that yeah as a human being if all you hear is inter receiving favoritism how does it not become a factor that inter fans should be worried about heading into the biggest game of the season well, this is what I meant when I was yelling about two, three weeks ago, and I said they're laying the groundwork for the rat fucking. I'm sorry for swearing, but this is what I mean. This is exactly what I mean. It's like laying the groundwork to screw Inter over when it matters, and 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 because they've created this completely ridiculous narrative. Look, there there are interpretations, and then there are wrong calls. Right? You can't tell me that if you put it into the context of the game, that there were, there's that many outrageously wrong calls gone in Inter's favor. I think the Bastoni one is probably the most, you know, probably the, the, the one that strings to mind. The rest, like, 
they're clear. What are you talking about? You know? And, 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 and if you put the Bastoni game into context, well, if VAR is going to disallow that goal, it has to disallow the, the Hellas Verona's equalizer too because of Arnautovic. I mean, if you're going to set the bar there, you're going to have to be consistent across the board. And that's all we're saying. That's all I've been saying. I'm saying if you're going to do one, you have to do the other. Otherwise, you're not applying the laws of the game consistently. That's it. And how this is somehow, somehow controversial, well, it's, it's, it's not. It's really ridiculous, you know? And, and so I, get, I think 100% you're right. And, but Inter have not been responsible for that at all. I mean, if anything, Inter have been quite chilled in this, throughout all of this. They've been, Marotta has been very calm and say, says, you know, we accept the refereeing decisions when, when they're good and when they're bad. And when you know when they go against us, when they go for us, we we do you, you know, think we, that we, that's we the right? Them. Do you we think that's agree, the right approach? Like football. just calling back to Mourinho, like essentially calling out, you know, it's us against everyone. Do you think this approach that Inter is taking, <laughs> where they're just like, I'm gonna let you guys have the conversation, and we're gonna do what we do? Do you think that that's something that the referees appreciate, or do you think like Inter as an organization needs to be a little stronger in saying? you guys are having conversations that should not even be taking place? That's a really valid question. I've been thinking a lot about that. I think it's got to do with the fact that, look, winners write history. Whether it's right or wrong, we'll know in a couple of months' time. So far, they've been proven right. This is not the... But now they don't do that. They're much more calmer. They're, they're just not saying anything. Personally, personal preference, you know me, Alessandro, and Gianni too. I, I love the Mourinho nuke them, carpet nuke them, scorched earth version, but that's just how I'm wired as a person. I think there's no right or wrong until whoever, you know, winners write history. If Inter managed to win this, then, then clearly the Marotta and Simone Inzaghi way of handling it was the right way yeah. to do it. You know? Um, I think I I'm, I'm know that there was an internal conversation after Acerbi at Allegri, uh, and they decided that they're not going to do that anymore. And since then, they've handled themselves brilliantly and been focused and, and have handled matters. But I still think, this is my personal opinion, I think that when there's only one person talking and they're creating a narrative and no one's saying anything, then, then I think it's a manipulation of the discourse. And it would be nice if Inter you know, spoke, spoke out against it and called out the bullshit because we see this nonsense week in, week out in other teams. I, you know, it's, this Jan Sommer penalty call is ludicrous. And it's not just me thinking that. I've spoken to several referees, professional referees, and people who, are, who teach referees that, that say that the law, law 12 of the game specifically talks about, arm, about legs and feet, and goalkeepers... There, there is no direction or instruction from above regarding the situation. And you have to look at the situation as a whole. And as such, that because, as it's been applied in the Serie A consistently through the last three years, it's not a penalty. It's not a foul on the referee. It wasn't on Frosinone. It wasn't on Mike Mignon. And so on and so forth. Him hitting Enzola in the face is secondary to that. Because... He's, his eyes are fixated on the ball. He's going to get the ball. He has the right to go after and that ball. And he gets to the ball, yeah. And he gets the ball first. I mean, that is how you view it. Unless IFAB has given new instructions on how to inter interpret it. Like, for example, with the Kier uh, penalty situation a few Another weeks ago. Another player that's putting himself into I was a confused. situation. Yeah. But there, the I IFAB and the instructions from above has been just like in ice hockey. You're responsible for your stick. You're responsible for your feet. It's always your fault. We don't want people being kicked in the head. No matter the situation, that should never happen. That's, that's, and that's fine, as long as it's, you know, that's clear. That's how they want the laws of the game to be interpreted. Even if he heads downwards, you never kick another player in the head, in the face. Simple as that. Think, think it's, you know, regardless of what you feel about it, this is how they want that situation to be handled. Fine. Then we have clarity, and it's across the board. But here, that doesn't exist. And people use their morals to apply 
well, you know, he punched him in the face. Yeah, that's great. But that's, again, they are called laws of the game for a reason. They are to be read and applied like laws. And logic and laws and your personal opinions are irrelevant. I'm sorry, but it's just, you know, that's just how it is. And if it's not, and you go off of gut feeling and instinct, then it's arbitrary. What percentage would you put a major refereeing decision Influ- influencing the game on Sunday <laughs> with, with Maresca, Maresca in charge, charge and Doveri being in the same <laughs> building, but unfortunately, no. But Doveri is not. Is, I mean, this is what pisses me off. They put Doveri as, as the fourth official, yeah, which is essentially Crazy. a mascot. He's a mascot. He's being put there as a mascot to qualify that this is all is on the up and up. Uh, to me, I mean, who's who's on who's on uh, VAR? I, I can't remember. That's that what that's what matters. I don't to remember me. either. But I, I'm not. I, all I can say is this: Inter ain't getting a penalty unless you know someone does something unbelievably dumb that is just impossible Shit. to not give the it. You know what I mean? Room is uh, um, Oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> Inter ain't getting any penalties. Not a single uh, penalty given against Juve this year. They're not going to. Just another, another nugget. Yeah. Well, that's also, I mean, that's another thing that I find astonishing because there have been situations, you know, unlike that ridiculous yeah. tackle. The Bologna play, game, maybe? Yeah, the, exactly. I mean, unlike that ridiculous stat about the, this, which they just invented on Calcio Twitter and proved it like it didn't exist before the tackles per booking stat, which I just. Yeah. That, that is, I'm like, that I'm like, where did you, where did you pull that out of? It's like, you know, like, since, it literally, you just invented that being some sort of an important stat that never was before, never will be after, and it's like, it's like, okay, um, fine. But look, I, I use, I, I have one standard, and and for me, it's like, I don't care how many yellow cards or lack of yellow cards, how many penalties, how many they get or don't get. What I care about is was the situation a bookable offense or was it not was it a penalty or was it not that's all that matters milan a couple of years ago when they set the record for penalties everyone was up in arms and i said the same thing there okay well show me where they have not where they have gotten a penalty where they shouldn't have had one and no one could say anything because every single goddamn penalty was so insanely it was it was ridiculous what play, players did against them it was like i mean remember last it was it, it was remember more so ridiculous remember Udinese striga larsen when he gra- or Somaro with Bologna grabbing 10 fingers on the ball. Like, I've never seen a player grab the ball with both hands in the penalty area. Would I, I remember not, not being upset that they got penalties. I was more upset to the fact that these teams were making these egregious errors against Milan and exactly. allowing them and giving them the penalty. Exactly. Like, it's like, it's like, how are you? Th- like, you don't. Then they decide like, to yeah. play like, you know, yeah. prime Brazil or, you know, <laughs> and, and then. <laughs> You got you got goalies like Consigli deciding to become you know peak Buffon against Inter. Like everyone yeah. decides, oh, we're playing Inter. No, Milan, we gotta like you know play yeah. like complete idiots, you know. And then yeah, but that's that's you know that's, it's, that's yeah. yeah. But, but that like know, yeah. I didn't think that they didn't get any penalty. At least not that I can remember, like, I remember having any exactly. penalties was, that were like, oh, that was a gift, you know. Like, yeah, exactly. I was blown away, Johnny. Looking at thinking like, why do these players seem to lose their minds? Yeah. Like, like what the hell? You're a professional player and you're playing handball all of a sudden like I mean, it's just it was crazy shit like that but it's not milan's fault i think it would mm-hmm. have been i think it would have been unfair to not give the penalties you know what i mean like because i mean the laws of the game are the laws of the game it's yeah to be applied consistently across the board it's not i milan's mean i would have laughed but yes it would yeah. have been unfair <laughs> yeah, it would have been unfair and, and we don't want that we want the laws of the game applied consistently so i think this notion of the yellow card yeah. per tackle thing is ridiculous i think the i think the the this number that inter have received the most penalties, oh my god yeah but they have they received a wrong breaking penalty? news like, you know what i mean like and, and then they say yeah turam dived against who was it, uh, against, who was it F- at home? fiorentina it's like he didn't dive and he got kicked down yeah i think it was fiorentina it's like <clears throat> it's the stupid shit like that and it's like and it's like well you're clearly just running an agenda to have an agenda to run because that's what you've always done with with this pro you bullshit you've done it for 150 years so it comes as a second nature to you people and and it's like and that's what I'm kind of upset with that I feel that Inter don't do enough. I mean, they have their, they have their opinioniste. They have, you know, like Fabrizio Biasin. But Biasin doesn't have, like, it's just him against 
four and they can say whatever they want. Yeah. So, yeah. um, and what's his name? What's his name? The other guy named Luke. Yeah, Pistocchi. Well, Pistocchi, yeah. I think his name. Yep. You know, these guys, they're the, they, they've got them and they argue and back and forth and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, you have three national newspapers just yeah. right, inventing a narrative, creating, you know, not providing any yeah. context. Zad Zaroni getting and, up there looking like Farrah Fawcett and uh, <laughs> trying to go against. <laughs> Did you see the, his last meltdown? The Pavard, Yo, the don't Pavard disrespect Farrah Fawcett. Man. Ridiculous. Average, average player. <laughs> yeah. just, what are you talking yeah. about? What are you watching? Um, nice, he's not average. No, but did, did you see? Did you see him lose his mind last weekend when he started his sister? insulting? Yeah, I think it was Pistocchi's sister. Yeah, I, I just it doesn't get much more Italian football yeah. TV trash than that. La tua yeah. sorella, it's like, like it's literally like when Juan Danara that <laughs> she posted on Instagram. Remember that? I think it was against Fiorentina and. Daniela Adani said Icardi scored a useless goal, and she goes, "La uh, inutile, la, la reconcha de tu, tu hermana es inutile." And I, I think it's one of the funniest. That's things I've why ever seen in my Italian life. football is the best. Um, quickly, I have a little bit of breaking news <laughs> here, uh, but before I get into that, I just really quickly want to say on this point about the yellow cards. It's not analytic. Like, this is the bad part about... It's not analytics. It's just stats. And it's the bad part about stats in this game is they can be used to make generalizations that aren't... They aren't actually there. It's They're used to create a story that's not actually there. And I actually did because it pissed me off so much. I think Saturnian had posted. And I actually did the the research and looked at yellow cards given to Milan in the last three seasons under Pioli. And they're on pace to earn just three more yellow cards than their average, which is negligible, right? So it's not, there's nothing, they're not being refereed any differently than they have the last three seasons. But, but the thing that drives me crazy, Alessandro, I'm sorry to jump in, but it's like, you know that teams and coaches can talk with their players and say, and work on how to tackle and when to tackle and which situation. Like, it's, it's this, it's, it's, it's like you said, it's not analytical, it's just a stat. It's it's a there's there's zero correlation. It's literally me, me inventing a stat saying that you know people have people in Sweden have a higher tendency to get to you know people have there's there's a higher risk of catching cancer when you have a social democrat government than when you have a conservative government. Okay, yeah. but where's the correlation? Like this, you know what I mean? Like this, this 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 there's no yeah yeah I guess but. There needs to be causality between the stats, doesn't it? Like, there's, it's like, essentially there. It's propaganda. Um, yeah, it's nonsense, and people eat that shit up. And and it's like, okay, whatever. And I, I just feel like I think stats are important. They're relevant. Stats are important to to, to better understand reality as a toolbox. As, you know, use them as tools to understand and better describe reality when constructing an argument. But there has to be a causality yeah. between the stats. You know, it's it's it literally we could I mean we could do a stat and say the the number of salsicha sold outside of outside of San Siro and the goal scored at San Siro. Otherwise, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. just it's just <laughs> propaganda. All right, big news here: ADL <laughs> has done it. He has not included Zielinski in the Champions League list, which is just <laughs> crazy that you would be that spiteful. Like it is obvious that he's one of the better oh, midfielders in your team. You're going up against Barcelona. You essentially said, like, I'd rather hurt my team in order to spite Zielinski. That's ridiculous. But this is who he is. That's this isn't the first time he's done this. He did it against me. He did it with me. You don't think it's ridiculous? ridiculous? I would do. I would. I don't think it's ridiculous. I, I'm sorry. Like I would be the same way. Like you, hey, you're leaving. You're screwing us over. Screw, like all right, I'm gonna screw you him over. How but is he I'm also him over? happy he with. Has, he's within his right. To they didn't they didn't give him what he wanted, but anyway, I'm okay with it because that means he can stay healthy for us. So I fine was by me. Say, yeah, it's like he's, yeah, on, like he's he's on he's on paid leave for six months in Naples. Yeah, like that's <laughs> fine, bro. 
Rest up, man. Enjoy this vacation. Be ready to come to work. That's all. There are exactly there are worse places in the world to have get a paid vacation than Naples during from January to May. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, yeah. I, I trade places with Zielinski and Art. Me too, man. I'll, I'll do that. I'll sit up in the weight. I'll sit up in the stands and, and wave and I would you know. gain so much weight just doing oh, that. They man, registered be, four <laughs> keepers and five midfielders to keep Zielinski out. <laughs> Winners win, baby. Winners win. Spiteful. I just love how spiteful he is. He's just, he's so funny. Yeah, it is funny to me. But it's not the first time and completely expected. And I think he's being childish. Yeah. And the funny thing is, he's come out and said it too that, you know, Inter aren't paying him as much as we're paying him now, which I love even more. That he's come, like, so basically what? He really wants to leave your club so badly. He's actually taking a pay cut. So which is it? So it's not even the money. Like, what are you talking about then? Then what are you pissed off about? He just wants to leave, which is well. Yeah, I mean, listen, ranks. IFTV nah, asked the right question, guys. is this the best Italian team ever? And uh, I think Zielinski is giving his answer to that right now. So we'll see uh, We'll see how that shakes out. Let's get into, into this game a little bit. Um, I think the biggest question as far as the starting lineup is concerned is going to be that right wing back spot. It's being reported that Darmian is going and um, is going to be getting the start. What are your guys' thoughts on yeah, on that? So. Is it strictly? I mean, for me, I would like to see the Denzel of the start of the season in there, but obviously that's not what we're getting right now. I'm a little bit concerned about Darmian's lack of offensive output. How are you guys feeling that Darmian is going to be the choice here at right wing back over uh, over Denzel? Johnny, I'll go with you. Look, I'm okay with I'm, I'm okay That's with surprising. it. I mean, I think he's more solid defensively anyway. No, it's yeah. it's. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, like I would. I said last episode that I wanted Denzel to start this game, but if he's going to keep with this, you know, Icardi, oh, I'm hurt nonsense. But he can make an appearance for like 10, 15 minutes. Peter Griffin I mean, holding his knee. Ah, yeah. Ah, ah, <laughs> ah. You know, he's just going to be sit there faking hurt so he doesn't have to play the whole, like, I'm sorry. First of all, he needs to have a little bit of self-awareness too. Like, you're not a $5 million player. Like, you, we think about it. We paid $12 million to buy you. And now you expect to earn $5 million a year when you haven't even produced anything close to what our $5 million a year players make. Like, you, you kind of have to, like, Look at yourself that way a, a little bit, but now I under I agree. Darmian doesn't really offer anything going forward or offensively. Which I mean, I feel like he's gotten into so comfortable to being a right center back that he's focused less on that aspect of his game when he plays as a right wing back. So maybe Pavard could have some overlapping runs like he did the last game too, where he was able to have assists and stuff. And and I think that'll be be the key for that one is allowing them to kind of inter interchange there on the right exactly side. Exactly what I was going to say. I think given how we how we see that the positional changes, the shifting in positions that, in, that Inzaghi's team does, especially on the wide areas between players, I think Darmian might be on paper the right wing back, but I think going forward, he will, I think he'll just go in invert and Pavard will yeah. go on the outside just like Bastoni and Di Marco do on the left I think that's what's going to happen I think I think the reason he's doing that is because he wants I look Kostic against Dumfries gives me PTSD <laughs> okay oh I, god yeah I don't I don't want like we. you, you mean no. you don't want Dumfries standing right at the six yard <laughs> box allowing a free shot on goal <laughs> It's one of those. It's like it's the most mean, memeable thing ever. Like, what are you doing, dumbass? Like, oh, it's not. No, no, I don't want to see that. Darmian won't won't do that. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm I'm okay with that. So now everything you said, Johnny, I'm I'm 100% agree. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's that's the only only play in my opinion on that right side, especially yeah. if you know Dumfries is hurt, quote unquote. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's it's. I'm kind of I'm kind of getting annoyed with him actually. You know, there's some people in our fan base who think he deserves this money and think he's actually really hurt and meanwhile they were calling other people rats. <laughs> so, I mean, won't name uh, names, but no. you know who you are when you listen to this episode, <laughs> sir. <laughs> I really do. He's the best. 
I, I don't think he's Just a real person. I'm, well, I'm convinced he's not a real person. <laughs> like this is this is some kind of alien experiment that they were they put him on the planet to see if he could infiltrate humans, and, and that's the only thing that makes sense. The greatest is the greatest. I swear to God, Holy <laughs> is the best. I, I love him. I swear to God, the shamelessness and and the stuff he comes out with the, the other week when he was like oh. talking about the economy and. And Tony and I were like falling over each other with laughter, like it was just like. And then he tells me Taram isn't black because he's French. <laughs> when he said that, I died. I oh, when it. he told me that, I was like, <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> oh, like you don't like... support Taram, but you support Dumfries. He's like, well, Taram isn't black; he's French. <laughs> it's amazing. What does that even mean? <laughs> the conviction in which he says things that don't mean anything. <sighs> And that's what I love about him. Oh, the best. Oh man! One of I let him land the plane. Let him land the plane. Let me cook. Let me land. Let me cook. Let me land. Oh my god! As far as selection is concerned, on the Juventus end, more worried about. Yeah. Can I make a request? Sorry, just can I make? Can we please have a? I want to be on a podcast. We're terrified. We're terrified of what happened. No, no, no! Please, please! Genuinely no. concerned. Yeah. No, no, please, please! Can I? Be like, I don't need that? him. I don't need him showing up with his Motorola headset <laughs> and like the a mic from 1967. I know. I need this. I need oh. just just you and we. We might have to post that one on Rumble and not Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, think, yeah. yeah. That's the Rumble episode. It's the only yeah. thing you guys do a Rumble episode. No. Good. Um, I was going to ask as far as, you know, talking about the selections, (laughs) more worried about seeing a starting duo of Vlaovic and Kiesa or Vlaovic and Yildiz? Mm. I think, um, well, I think Kiesa's going to start, I think, given that they arrested him and they arrested Danilo as well. So I think they're going to feel, I think he's been rested to this game. Um, And, you know, I think it's kind of a must-win game for Juve, to be honest. more than it is for Inter. Although I think Simone would like nothing further than to nothing more than to go out there and similarly to what Conte did, if you remember when we won the Scudetto that time, he went out there and yeah. mopped the floor with you. I mean that that is one of the best performances I've seen an Inter team give in a you know in a one off game in a decade at least. That was it was perfection. It just the history books just say two nil but that game was just unbelievable. Um, you know, that was the game that showed that Conte's football was clicked in gear. Um, so, I, I, you know, ideally I would love to see a game like that where you need to go out there and just show off who they are. But I think this Juve are much more tougher than that. And they're well, far well tactically drilled. I mean, Allegri, you need to respect this man. Like, it's not just for everything he's won. It's not the fact that he's writing his name up there as one of the greatest Serie A coaches of all time for stats. Nima, this is an Inter podcast, okay? <laughs> and, like, you enough. need to respect enough. Like, seriously, you know, a part of me is like, when, if and when Simone leaves, I hope it coincides with Allegri leaving Juve, because oh, I need him at Inter. I need him. <laughs> To come to Inter to when play this, his football. see this is this is where you lost me on that episode <laughs> no, 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 the no, no, when no, no, you brought Inter, this up I was like why why are we going here because why, why did Simone have to leave happy. at all Inter would well, win the Scudetto but Lautaro would have twelve goals for the season <laughs> that's what you're looking at and then people will be asking like kind of how Juventini get with with Vlaovic what's wrong with Lautaro what's wrong with Lautaro? why is he not scoring it'd be like uh, look who because, look his manager um, is that's like what Carlo now it's like his, he would his, drop his, down his, his Allegri stuff look that's I the know. only time I agree with Carlo I know that's the I only time I know I know I know I love I love him and also the the sarcasm and, and the, the his his humor and yeah and, and I don't find him phony I mean and maybe because he's not coaching Inter but like when 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 he's saying doing all this stuff I know it's gamesmanship I understand I know what he's doing but I think because Inter doesn't say anything back I but get it's, angry it's at working it. because it drives me like not saying anything you. back you're essentially just waiting for him to fall flat on his face and like we saw against Empoli it happened and then all of a sudden you get the oh I wasn't trying to bother anyone and yeah and meanwhile, throughout all of this, Simon has been dead quiet and not said anything. He's just been like he's been laughed at off when people have asked talking him, about Klaassen like, yeah, in his post game, you know, how much he's giving fun. to the team in training, just not acknowledging <laughs> it. 
Exactly. Like, exactly. He's not even acknowledging it. And I think that's rubbed off on on the entire team. And you've got to hand it to Inzaghi. His leadership style is different to anything we've ever had at Inzaghi. And, and he's succeeding with it. You know, he's just, he's got the player's mind frame focused on the job at hand. But look, Allegri, as a coach, he is unbelievable. I mean, the, the way in one-off games, in a cup game, I and you're, you have a team that is weaker than your opposition, I want Allegri because he will find the weakness of that opposition. He will find a way to nullify them nine times out of ten. He's a yeah. master at that. He really is. No, look at the time. That's all we have for today. Thank you, Nima, for coming on. We're going we're gonna to keep get, bring this back to Inter. You have it. Enjoy the rest of your day. I'm sure you're busy, right? Um. Uh, if anything, I want Allegri to coach Inter just because just I want to see yeah, you, these meltdowns from you. <laughs> oh, mean, my gosh. I'm rubbing my hands like a child. If you like, thought I was bad when Inter lost 12 games last year with Inzaghi in the league, imagine how I would be if this guy was coach. I mean, went on any type of losing streak. Like, I, I just. Yeah, you'd also uh, yeah. never see. I don't know. No, I do, re- I do respect him. Like, he does get results. He does. Like, I mean. He is overachieving with the team that he has at mm, Juve. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll give him respect for that because I honestly, man for man, when I look at our 11 against their 11, I can't, I, I don't think there's a single guy from that team. But maybe I, Bremer over, Bremer. A, maybe, maybe Bremer over a Chedby, maybe. And Achebe, I think, has been actually really well, um, played really well this season. Yeah. And you know how I felt about him. I mean, me and Tony were both <laughs> furious that he was coming. But I think that's the only player that I would take from from their eleven, and he's still only a point behind us right now. Is it a point, yeah. two points now? Yeah, what is it? With a game point, in hand, one, I may also, yeah, if like, Cambiaso was playing as a right wing back, I may also take him over our current options. That those would probably be the only. Two. Yeah, Cambiaso. Yeah, I mean, I do. I, listen, I wanted Cambiaso when we Me were too. when it was between Bellanova and Cambiaso. I wanted Cambiaso first, but then the rumor came in that we were going to get both, and I was like, I'll take both, but. Whatever. I remember. No, Cambiasa is an intelligent player. I, he, he, the, these Zambrotta analogies, I, I really, I can see that. I mean, he's not as explosive as a, in one v one. But he's Zambrotta a dog. Was, he can dribble like no he's one, a dog. Always keep that. One thing yeah, that's been on my mind sense. about yeah. this game is the mentality coming into it. So the first game in Turin, we saw that you know neither team really went for it. They were sort of like punting this decisive fixture down down the line right let's just you know everyone take their point and uh we'll figure this out later do you have any concern that with a one-point lead and a game in hand that there's any chance that inter approaches this game the same way that they did in in turin and not really open themselves up and allow juve back into the scudetto race if if they are able to secure the point again nothing Nothing changes, right? You're still one point ahead with the game in hand. Do you have any yeah. concern that they'll approach this match in a more conservative manner as opposed to really going for it? I'm scared they're going to go for it. <laughs> I wish they were more conservative. That's like, what I want. Yes. Yeah, I know that's what you want. Go and, for and it. I, I'm scared of it. I, I wish he would be more conservative in his approach because he don't have to win it. I, I honestly said, like I said on the podcast on Monday, I, I think he wants to do replicate what Conte did in that game. I think he wants to basically just, you've talked nonstop. Now we're going to win. We're going to go four points clear of you with a game in hand. Be quiet. And then after the, and then Roma next week. And then, Atalanta. and then if you win that one, boom, yeah. it's over. If you yeah, win no. this and that, it, to me, it's over. Yeah. Now, if Inter are four points clear with a game in hand after the Roma game, as I said months ago, I'm calling it. It's, it would take a collapse of epic proportions. Especially uh, given how our season, like our fixture list ends compared to theirs. Like yeah. they just had the easiest part of their, of their fixture yeah. list. We we're going through our gauntlet. If we're able to come out yeah. ahead, like, like there, I don't think there's a, any shot that they pick up maximum points against those teams at the end of the season. That's no, no. And just that's how why I, I want to, that's not, I think you're right. <clears throat> and even though it's just one game a week, I mean, the Coppa Italia, clearly Allegri will want to win that because he's a winner and he knows that winning titles is important to, to build a culture and to build a cycle. Um, so I think they're going to go for the Coppa Italia and yeah. I think they're going to win it. 
to be honest with you. I think they're going to win it. I don't think I don't think Lazio's going to pose any kind of threat to them. And on the other yeah. side, Fiorentina, Atalanta, nah, Allegri's going to micromanage the shit out of this Coppa Italia title. He's going to win it. So, you know, they've already got that trophy uh, down as from how I see it. I think for him, it's still, you know, he knows he's, he's not stupid. He knows that they're overperforming. And the longer, if they can steal this, it will be like the biggest, you know, Interbefa ever and break intermentally, but <clears throat> no, I, I think I think I think Allegri will go for it, and I think Nizagi will go for it. I think we're going to see a very eventful game. I don't. I think it will be the polar opposite of the of the first game we saw in Turin. Completely. Different. Yeah, I and hope completely. so. And it's also it's I such a because these nerves that I'm feeling it's it's such a privilege <laughs> because a lot of fans of teams don't ever like aren't experiencing these type of big games nerves, mm. and I know that I'm going to be a wreck on Sunday, but. It is it is a privilege to be able to play mm. in these sort of big matches like this, and I know I hate this weekend, Alessandro, because we've got in Iran playing without Japan some, tomorrow morning without some key players in the here. quarterfinals of the Asian Cup. Yeah, without some without without half with, without seventy five percent of the starting defense and our number nine starting Tatar. I mean, who might be joining Inter. I mean, it's like uh, the first that, and then. You got interview Should we do a, well, a wellness I, I check for you on Monday? <laughs> Just make sure everything is. Yeah, yeah. If, if there's no pod on Monday, it's because I'm dead. <laughs> it's because I'm lying. Like I had a stroke or a seizure. Or let's shit. an aneurysm. No, I was gonna say, like, let's talk uh, yeah. key matchups here. Um, and Johnny, I'll ask you both, but Johnny, I'll start with you. So for me. I think the key matchup is going to be in the midfield. I think these are the two strongest departments for both both teams. Um, you have arrested Hakan and arrested Barella coming up against a Juve midfield that has been mm. have really come into their own. Um, they've found the combination that really works for them. Yeah. If you look at like if you analyze the statistics, everything runs through Inter's midfield. Inter's midfield has clearly been been superior this mm. season, and we're going to need a big game out of them. This weekend, Johnny, what what is the matchup for you? Do you see more like Lautaro versus Bremer, or do you see any other uh, matchups that are ultimately going to be decisive in this game? Yeah, I was actually going to say it's going to be our our forward group against their their back line. Um, we saw in the first matchup, Turam had instances where he was able to to get behind them and, and have you know use his pace to be able to expose them. I think that now at home. With our midfield being rested for the most part, except for the oldest guy in our midfield, ironically, um, I think that'll be good for us, you know, to have you know Lauti and Turan be able to go at their back line and be able to hopefully you know find some seams and to be able to to get in behind them and hope have uh, clear chances on goal. Which I think, you know, we had one or two instances in the first game where maybe we could have had you know a chance, a clear cut chance on goal that we either messed up the pass, you know, just tripped up over ourselves on the ball. Now I think that, you know, maybe with the home crowd um, backing us, I think that'll definitely be a, a better opportunity to be able to get some uh, chances on goal. And I'm, I'm excited to see it. I, you know, I, I know Nima's a little nervous about it. I love that if, if Inzaghi really is going to go for it. I think Because I, I want, I don't want to just beat them. I want to embarrass and break them. Like that's I, what I, I want, think he wants to do. I think yeah. that's. I think for him, exactly like Conte did when they won the Scudetto. You know what I mean? Like that's the kind of performance he's looking for. Yeah, to play them off the park. Uh, like I don't care about them. the score line. If it's like if it's no. another two nil game like that one, like to me. But if they absolutely dominate them in every Humble facet, them. yeah, yeah. Humble like them. I, I want, I, I want them broken. Yeah, I think that's what he wants to do. I think he, after all the. All the stuff that's been going on, I think he would be love to just be like, you know, what's what's the matchup to watch for you, Nima? Yeah. That's that's consistent. Bremer against Lauti uh, or uh, or or Turam, Turam Bremer, because I would I, I'd much rather see Turam up against Bremer than Lauti, because I think Turam will win against Bremer, I, because of his technique, his yeah. strength, his power, his pace. I think his strength gets underestimated a lot. Yeah. Taram's yeah. like saw upper body strength, Chow like... earlier in the season. Yeah. It's not Chow is I... like is physically. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. His not just his strength, but he's also technical as hell. He's a dribbler. He's quick. He's a good passer. I think I would. I want to see Bremer on Taram. Lauti, I want him to to go up against the other two. 
more, to be honest, with this movement. Well, yeah, Lauti would just eat Gatti up too. So, I mean, Nima, as far as liabilities are concerned, is there an Inter weakness that you are hoping gets masked on Sunday? Yeah. Yeah. Bastoni and Di Marco defensively. Di Marco's inability to. He does this thing that drives me insane, and Johnny knows it. Yeah. I don't understand why he doesn't get tight. Like and when you're live and you watch it there, it, it, it literally, I, I wanted to eat my hands. Like, what is wrong with you? Just, I'm not. Be tighter. Don't concede so much space. And he always does this. And and then you got Bastoni in the back as well, who who question marks I have in terms defensively. I have question marks. Um, but if we're talking form, I want to see Barella bring it now. Like, I, it's been a very bad season for him. I'm not happy. Yeah. yeah. Look, we, we we know about it. Especially to his standard. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, been a very I mean, poor season. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, what we've seen his first three years here have been. Yeah. Like, in, come on. We can't. Incredible. So, I know yeah. that he's not happy with that. And, 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 and then I want him to redeem himself after the bullshit he did against the, you know, the Super Cup. I mean, that stupid yellow card got himself suspended against. For, for talking, for you know, it's dumb. It was now, tactical. I'm, I'm telling you, he did it on purpose. <laughs> if you don't, if you honestly believe he did not do that on purpose to miss well, the, I don't you know, because and, Inzaghi chastised him in public and said he has to learn from his mistakes. It's to make faith. You gotta come on. You have to make it look real. If it doesn't look real, people are gonna be like, "Oh, collusion, corruption." Look at the game. You gotta make it look real. That's the <laughs> thing. Exactly See, people that. think I'm defending, but I, no, 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 no. I'm just showing you the chess game that Inter are playing that nobody else is seeing. I can read the board. You guys can't. It's a Ouija board more than a chess board. Isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's... it's. Uh... <laughs> but yeah. What about for you, it's, Johnny? Uh, is there... Do you agree with Nima that the liability is going to be down that left-hand side? Oh, 100%. I mean, I've been butchering Bastoni in every, every group chat, every everything. I mean... Yeah, defensively, I have more than question marks. It's legitimate concerns. And yeah, DiMarco giving people 6 to 12 feet of space to, to be able to dribble their cross is, is a little insane. But both of them, we, we know their, their quality going forward. So hopefully that they're not put in situation. Like it is, it is kind of interesting that for whatever reason, Juve like to attack down, well, what's our right side, their left side more, more so than trying to expose... The Bastoni Di Marco side of things, which I mean, I guess that's okay in in my book, but yeah, it, I think that side is gonna have some serious question marks, and hopefully, um, you know, Achebe's there to to cover, and and Mickey does the same kind of work rate he did against Fiorentina, where he's able to track back the same kind of way and 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 kind of help the guys out when when yeah. needed. All right, to uh, yeah, to wrap this up idea. here, should we do a little little predictions? Uh, you know Nima doesn't not, do predictions. Well, we don't I have to give scoreline. We can just um, give uh, what you're expecting to see. I think it's going to be a draw. I, I, I expect a draw. I, I, I don't. I hope for three points. I, I want three points I mean, coming. If I home. could wish for something, I would wish for the redux of the Conte versus Pirlo game a couple of years back. That would be just beautiful. I mean, if I could wish for something, it'd be a 7-0 win. That's yeah. what I would wish for. <laughs> no, but I, I want to see that kind of a game, to be honest, because if you remember, that was the decisive push that season. Remember? Like the way when the way that they so comprehensively dethroned Juve. Um, I, want a, I want a performance the way we did in the first Milan Derby. Mm. I want like Killer a 5-1. Like I, oh, yeah, yeah beautiful. I, I oh, want to see oh. Like Taram scoring something beautiful like that, I want them to feel like discombobulated in the back end, like pointing fingers at each other, blaming each other for like what would you do? How'd you let him get pat? Whatever. I want an absolute just massacre out there. Now, realistically, that. I think it's gonna be. I I truly believe we will win two nil. Oh God, please. Um, please. And uh, I just I think it'll I think it'll be uh, Lautaro and I'm. I don't know who's gonna score the second one, but I'm gonna wish it's it's uh, it's Barella, just so people can kind of get off his back. I know, listen, I know people say I'm his biggest fan. I am, but I have criticized him. I've wanted him bench some games. 
I'm just hoping that we can start seeing him get back to the level that we expect from him and he's able to to perform to the best of his abilities. If if he doesn't even get on the score sheet, I just hope that he's pinging passes across and he's able to play level-headed at the very least and, and kind of keep us in the yeah, game. Yeah, I want to see... Thank you. That's what I want to see from him. I, want, I don't want this emotional bullshit anymore. He's not a child. You know, he, he's actually... But he's my child, so he can't you know, get away with it. It is different when you are... <laughs> You're like the parent who lets the kid misbehave in the supermarket, uh, if, aren't you? If my son is Nicolo Barella, absolutely, It is different yes. when you are the vice captain, though. I mean, there there is a level of... Yeah, I mean, come no, on. Uh, yes, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah, when you, when, you, when you wear the armband, like when he has, even then, he was a little um, reckless, too. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I agree my... in, that, in that sense. But yeah, I, I want to see a Lautaro go. I, I want Lautaro to continue this amazing 20 season. and 20, baby. 20 yeah, and 20. I want that too, because it's truly remarkable what he's doing. And I think it would, like a win would be just, yeah. oh, we're so close to it. Do you know what I mean? Like four yeah. points. Yeah, for me, I think best. what needs to happen is we need to see a Hakan man of the match here on, on Sunday. He, he unlocks everybody. When Ooh. he's on, Lautaro is on. You know, Di Marco is on, Barella is on. When he's, you know, playing that silky football that he's capable of playing, I think uh, he's going to be a key man for us on um, on Sunday. And then my other prediction is, I think that we will see a refereeing controversy, and I believe that it will involve Rabiot because it always involves Rabiot when it comes to Inter. So I fully expect him to either get under someone's skin or, you know, get away with something, whatever it might be. Um, that's that's going to be how I'll, I'll uh, predict this game. All right. Anything else you guys want to get into or should we wrap it up and, uh, you know, clench our buttholes for Sunday? Listen, I'll just say as, lo- as long as it's not another volleyball <laughs> performance where where him and Vlaovic you know I don't even know volleyball terminology but you know bat it to each other whatever you call it or serve it up for each other whatever uh, as long as it doesn't lead to a goal with that nonsense with the refereeing controversy I, I guess I could I could survive that so yeah yeah I don't want refereeing controversy I can't deal with that bullshit uh, <laughs> yeah like, it, like if we're gonna lose I'd rather it be because we sucked or yeah, we just exactly. you know more so than they get gifted something or we don't get something called for please you know just like don't go like, goal down to them just please go a goal up make them chase the game that's all I want to see that that'll put yes because I don't think they can chase the game I, I think no. that they are able yeah one, like you said like if they're able to get a goal up I think that they're able to just shut it down and then yeah. that would be hard even though we did equalize the last one but I don't want to have to do that again. I agree with no, him on that. No, but I, like no. I said, two nothing. So we're not going to. So they're going to be chasing on wood here. So. All right, guys. In the words of the great no. Roberto Scarpini, actually, before we get into that, Nima, anything going on this week that you need to uh, to plug here? No, we 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 will be. No, we we have um we got some things coming lined up in fe- later nice. later on in February and March. Um, which I can't talk about. Nothing, nothing builds Ooh, the hype like nice. I can't talk That's about. Exciting. Yeah, it's um... <laughs> no, but because it's not set in stone, and you know me, I'm, uh, I'm too superstitious. Nima, we already sent the contracts. We we said we signed with you, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't, it's, it's already set in stone. <laughs> I love it. No, but you know, you just check us out. You know, just check us out. We're on all podcast platforms, and if you want to support the pod and get every episode. It's patreon.com slash TIFP, two ninety nine a month. That's all it is. It's cheaper Plus than a VAT. cup of coffee at Starbucks, guys. Don't forget that VAT. It's the best two it's <laughs> it's the best money you could spend, honestly. Like Thanks, the episodes guys. are fantastic. The Q and A pod is my favorite. I've sent in a bunch of questions. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. We love that. It's love it's nice to interact with people that way. That you you know, you guys decide what we talk about and you send in the questions and we'll just And people send in some great questions. So yeah, my favorite like, the, I the love ones the questions that bring up really like old culture where you have to go back into the archives a little bit and talk about some players yeah. that the the youngins don't yeah, know. We love you know? that. So I love uh Yeah. I mean for me and Carlo, that's like that's just stuff we know because we grew up and we loved it, you know? We remember watching those games, you know? So it becomes like yeah, so what you hear is very spontaneous. All right, guys. In the words of the great Roberto Scarpini, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi. Forza ragazzi.